0: Hey, everybody, it's Lon and It's time once again for your weekly wrap up. And this week, we're going to take a look at the right to repair again because the White House issued an executive order that gave the issue a significant boost. But does it change anything? The answer is sort of, but not really. We're going to dive into the executive order and see what it does do right now. So let's get to it. So let's take a look at what this executive order is and is not. Uh, The important thing to note here is that the president doesn't have the power to make right to repair the law of the land. What the president can do is order the portions of the government under his control to do something related to the issue, and that's kind of what happened here. Now, the executive order goes beyond just the repair issue and into other areas of Uh, monopolies and competition within the American economy. And the order itself is ordering uh, the cabinet secretaries to form a council to discuss this. And likely what will happen here is each of the different cabinet secretaries will appoint staff to sit down and start looking at this issue. So this order really just orders this, although they did issue some specific charges to different agencies within the government to take a closer look at specific things like the right to repair issue that you can see here under Section 5 related to the Federal Trade Commission. Now, of course, an executive order, as we noted, is not a law. And as we look through what the Federal Trade Commission needs to do under this order, they're being told to exercise the statutory rulemaking authority that they already have as appropriate and consistent with applicable law in areas such as the repair and other things. In other words, they're being told to enforce the law they should already be enforcing, although a lot of times an order like this will give them some guidance as to where they should put their resources. Maybe they need to put more money and people into enforcing some of these repair issues versus some of the other things they might have been focused on previously. So this may have some effect here, But the FTC can't go beyond enforcing laws that are already in place. Now, the Federal Trade Commission, for its part, has been working on this issue. In fact, this work began uh, during the Trump administration. And just last week, both the Democrats and Republicans on the FTC voted unanimously on a policy statement that they say is aimed at restoring the right to repair for small businesses, workers, consumers, and government entities. And if we take a look at... Uh, some of the statement here. They talk about a report that they issued to Congress back in May, which we will dive into in a minute. And I thought what was interesting here is that they're not just talking about the parts that are hard to find, but also things like adhesives that they use that make it hard to replace parts within an item, uh, limiting the availability of parts and tools. Sometimes they require a special tool to get into something, right? And then, of course, the big one, which is the diagnostic software, because a lot of products these days are both hardware, and software. And when you look at farming equipment, the diagnostic tools are a big problem right now. And John Deere is often singled out as one of the companies that makes it very difficult for their customers, farmers, to repair equipment without going through an authorized dealership. And so if we take a look now at the report, uh, we can look at some of the areas that the FTC will likely be focusing on to improve the situation under the current law. Now one area of the law that the FTC will be focusing on with their stepped-up enforcement relates to the Magnuson-Moss Warranty Act, or MMWA, and this was passed back in 1975, and there's a lot of provisions here related to product warranties, but the big one for the right to repair discussion is that a warrantor cannot require that only branded parts be used with the product in order to retain the warranty. They call this tie-in sales. So for example, every once in a while when I review a laptop and I take it apart and install memory in it, people ask, won't that void the warranty? No, it won't. It's against the law for them to void your warranty because you chose to install a third party part in the computer. If they do void it, they're in violation of the law and you can report them to the Federal Trade Commission. And a great example of this in the automotive world is this Rich Rebuilds video from the other day. Now, if you don't know Rich Rebuilds, you gotta check out his channel. He's got a great channel. Uh, that focuses on his frustrations that he's had trying to repair Teslas that he wants to do on his own. He actually owns a repair shop. I think he's opening up a few more across the country for electric vehicles specifically. And in this video, he's got a guy with a brand new Tesla, a Model 3, that's still under warranty. And the guy hit something on the road that blew out the battery coolant hose on it. Tesla wanted $16,000 to fix the cooling system by replacing the entire battery module, but the uh, rich rebuild shop, uh, the electric garage, was able to do the job for $700. And this does not void that guy's warranty because he's allowed under the law to use any part he can get to fix his car, and that is what this Warranty Act is about but the Federal Trade Commission says that this is not a panacea because the MMWA only applies to products that have a written warranty and it only applies during the duration of the warranty period and so they fear that companies could decide to not issue a written warranty with their new product or maybe shorten the warranties they're already offering to avoid the liability of this law And I could see that happening actually in the very near future. So keep an eye on the warranties when you're out shopping for new consumer tech. I can see people going from one year to six months or three months in an effort to avoid uh, having to comply with this law or maybe shorten the length of time in which they need to be in compliance. And the FTC also points out that the law currently does nothing for consumers uh, who have products that are out of warranty because once the warranty period ends, the MMWA for that product is no longer in effect. And that brings us to an issue that one of my other favorite automotive channels is having, Hoovy's Garage. He bought a 2012 Model S P85. I think this was one of the original uh, Model S's that were introduced around that year. And these cars are getting old. They're getting close to 10 years. They've got some issues that are popping up. This one has a battery issue that uh, came as a result of a firmware upgrade that Tesla pushed down to these older cars a while back. And the solution for him really is only to be able to go to Tesla to get it fixed because they're the only ones with the parts and the instructions and everything else you need to make a repair of this type. He's got no other options. Although uh, Rich Rebuilds did reach out to him, and I think they're going to try to attempt their own repair with this. But what options does Rich have to get parts for this car? He can salvage them from wrecked Teslas, but he cannot buy them from Tesla directly from the manufacturer. There's no third party parts for the battery components of this car because everything is proprietary, right down to the software. And he's very much limited in his options here for repairing this car and it might actually cost more to repair the car than it's worth. So you've got a perfectly functional car here that could be totaled because the repair cost at Tesla is so expensive. Now the manufacturers argue that they can't make these parts available because they are trade secrets and that would hurt their competitive position. And in the case of Tesla, they compete against the rest of the automotive industry that's very much getting into the electric car business now, and that's the case that they've been making. The FTC says they might have some ability to uh, issue an unfair trade practice ruling, but it might be tough to make it stick because of existing case law as it relates to what defines a monopoly. And some of you lawyers out there might have more on this one, but basically the case law at the moment here, at least according to this FTC report, states a single manufacturer's market share may not be sufficient to establish monopoly power in the relevant market. This would apply to Tesla, of course, but could also apply to Apple and others because you do have a choice to buy a computer other than Apple. You can buy a car other than Tesla. And where does the monopoly position begin as it relates to the parts market for those devices? And I think that's kind of core to this uh, right to repair movement and why you might need to have additional laws passed to nudge things along a little bit. Now one area that they refer to in the report is building up some self-regulation and this is something the industry might want to do to avoid uh, some laws getting passed that they might find harmful. And they point to an example that we covered a few weeks ago when we talked about this topic last in Massachusetts where Massachusetts passed a right to repair bill related to cars and this was a ballot initiative that they did there. And that forced the auto manufacturers to get together with the independent repair shops to come up with a memorandum of understanding as to how uh, the manufacturers can get in compliance with the law in a way that the uh, independent repair shops found acceptable. And it looks like they've moved in that direction. And this will be self-regulated, but there was an initial piece of statute that got passed that pushed this along a bit to force these two parties at the table And this could very well be where we end up, especially if more states start looking at this issue and start passing uh, laws to require it. Now, there is a few examples that we've talked about of self-regulation already in place. That includes Apple's independent repair program. But as we've discovered, that program really is horrible to the independent repair shop. Yes, you can get the parts, but it's like doing business with Darth Vader and the Empire. They keep changing the deal on you. And you can see this article on vice that talks about all of the draconian rules that they put these repair shops under including having to get audited whenever apple feels like auditing them and all the record retention and all the customer data that they have to turn over uh, to apple whenever they go through one of these things so it's clear that under the current law the ftc is very limited in what it can do even with this executive order And in their report, they offer some ideas that the industry and lawmakers need to think about if they are, in fact, going down the road of putting some law in place to strengthen repair rights. Uh, A big one here is the types of products that are covered. Do you have it apply to everything or do you go industry by industry? And if you go industry by industry, what kinds of rules are there going to be for the repair shop uh, the consumer, and the manufacturer within that scope of products. So you got to think about that. you got to think about the components of the covered products and how long they need to be made available for, the dollar threshold when those rights would begin. Do you get a right to repair on a $20 computer mouse, or does it apply to something more expensive, for example? So that's the kind of stuff they have to think about. Uh, the duration of the repair commitments related to the repair of those products And the big one for the manufacturers is the protection of their IP rights. This is no longer just about physical objects. These are physical objects that have software running underneath, and that is protected under different parts of the law. How do you balance that versus the public's right to get their product fixed for a competitive price? And that's sort of the challenges here that face lawmakers and why it's unlikely we'll see quick movement on a right to repair bill in the near future. But if you are interested in this topic, definitely take a look at the report. They did talk to the industries that are involved with this also to get their side of the story. It's a very interesting read, and I think if you are into this topic, it helps to really get the full scope of everything, at least at the federal level, and that's what was so interesting to me in reading this report. Now, there are some things, though, that I'm noticing within the market that I thought were worth talking about. Uh, One that you might not have heard of is that Motorola, I think last year, or maybe even before that, announced that they are allowing people to repair their phones and are offering parts and repair information to allow you to fix the phone yourself with official parts. And of course, Motorola is now owned by Lenovo. And they're doing this because it does separate them a bit in the marketplace from companies that don't allow you to do this. And there's potentially some competitive benefit for them to offer that as a service. Now, they're no longer the market leader in smartphones like they were many years ago. But if enough people start buying Motorola phones because they can fix them themselves, that might uh, lend itself to a more competitive market i could see more independent phone shops selling motorola phones because they can repair them in-house with official parts that might be a benefit right so that's one area that we're seeing some potential market movement here Uh, another thing i've been noticing is that uh, some of the bigger pc manufacturers are offering detailed repair information on their websites youtube channels and other places so for example uh, a lot of the hp computers i've been reviewing recently have these very long and extensive teardown videos from the manufacturer that shows you how to replace different parts on the computer they don't give you the ability to buy the parts at the moment um, but you can learn how to replace that hard drive if you want to do that and also take the entire thing apart and put it back together again Uh, you can see an example of that on the link you see on screen here and for many many years Lenovo has been making these repair manuals uh, for most of their computers that are as detailed as that video I just talked about as well. So there are some examples of manufacturers maybe slowly getting it, that people want to maybe be able to try to fix their own hardware every once in a while. They're not anywhere near where they need to be, I think, for most consumers to get the kind of remedies they might want in getting something fixed. So the bottom line here is that not much is going to happen in the short term as a result of this executive order or this Federal Trade Commission action, but, This will give Louis Rossman more to talk about when he goes in front of these state legislatures because now the federal government is signaling that it's interested in finding some relief for consumers here and it appears as though that interest is bipartisan, which really helps. So we'll have to see what happens as state legislatures begin reconvening and starting to consider legislation for the coming year. We might see these right to repair bills get further along in the process than they did before because now there's more weight behind the argument for right to repair. And this goes beyond just farm equipment and smartphones. Even McDonald's ice cream machines are falling into this mess. Uh, Check out this video from Johnny Harris about why the ice cream machines at McDonald's are always broken, and guess what? It's because of lock-in repair issues related to hardware and software. So this is really, I think, across the entire scope of the economy that we're going to be seeing this issue pop up. And that's why we're probably going to see a lot more about this as things go beyond uh, what we're currently talking about. So that's going to do it for this look at the right to repair. Let me know what you think is going to happen down in the comments below. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you. I want to thank some super chatters, including my tech guy, Tim, and Eric's Variety Channel, who contributed during one of my live streams over the last week, and we'll have some more coming up this week. I also want to thank Mark Gerard, who became our newest Patreon supporter. And if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv slash support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. We support uh, Patreon, as you just saw, Floatplane, the YouTube membership program, and then my own thing running via donor box, is what you'll find at the support link on screen. And I wanna thank everyone who contributed this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who watch on a regular basis too because all of those things together equal channel growth. I'm on a number of other platforms as well. And if you head over to lon.tv slash Amazon shop, you can see most of my videos and live streams ad-free on the Amazon platform, so definitely check me out there. We've got my very infrequent email list at lon.tv slash email i only send out emails when we've got something big going on and then we've got my store which you can find at lon.tv slash store where i sell previously used items that i reviewed here on the channel and you can get alerted every time i add something to the store by signing up for my other email list that you can see linked on screen here that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up We'll have to see what this right to repair thing is going to mean in the near future. I will tell you that I won't be repairing all that much stuff on my own because I'm so bad at it, but I would like to have more choices when I find something in need of repair. Let me know what you thought down in the comments below. Thank you all for your continued support of the channel, and we've got a bunch of fun product reviews coming up this week. Until next time, this is Lon Sybin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters, Chris Allegretta, Tom Albrecht. Jim Callagher. Hot Sauce and Video Games. And Brian Parker. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month.